Looking to tailgate this summer? Stop by One Stop on the way. One Stop number 6, located just one mile west of East Forsyth at 2748 West Mountain Street in Kernersville. One Stop serves fresh fried chicken and our famous taters seven days a week from 6 a.m. to 10 p.m. Feeding a crowd? Get 16 pieces of chicken and sides for just $27.99. Craving wings? Come try our new spicy breaded wings. Get a five-wing meal with six taters and a roll for just $7.99. $7.39. Now in regular hot ranch or spicy. One stop number 6, 2748 West Mountain Street in Kernersville. Franchise players are often referred to as the face of the franchise. Happy Friday, everyone. Welcome to the Franchise Players, powered by Tobacco Road Sports Radio. Live on WTOB 96.7 FM, WCOG 1320 AM, and always at com. JP Mundy, along with next year's Super Bowl halftime entertainment and the mayor of Danville, Virginia, Ryan Stone. What's up, Stone? Man, I don't I don't want to be the, uh, the follow-up to this year's Super Bowl halftime act. Uh, no thanks with that responsibility. That, that, yeah. Well, I can already tell you that it's going to be something akin to Blake Shelton and like, it'll be something like off of America's got talent or some <gasps> sort of, some sort of, some sort of country thing. Where is the Super Bowl next year? I, I don't know. Okay, you know, I don't pay attention to this. I have to look that up real quick. I think that's, that might play a part in it in terms of, you know, we just kind of saw, a little bit of an ode to LA with this year's. Oh, that's true. But like they had it in Atlanta and it was the weekend, right? Yeah. Which that was a miss. That was a complete <laughs> uh, miss. I mean, how, how I in, uh, you might be right about country. Cause it's going to be in Glendale. So that would kind of fit that, uh, that dynamic a little more. Glenda, oh yeah, or Arizona. Okay. Yeah. What what does it say about me that I was okay with doing some of the dishes that I had during that final drive by Stafford? I, I actually missed the actual touchdown pass, but I didn't I wouldn't budge. I, I there's no way you couldn't have gotten me off my off my recliner for the halftime show. I, I mean you couldn't have gotten me out of my recliner for either one. So I <laughs> I mean, I have responsibilities. You don't have responsibilities. Yeah, that's not true. I got to do my own dishes. I mean, <laughs> well, that's, that, that's true. I, so, I'm just you know, smart enough to let the dishes wait. <laughs> yeah, I, I mean, I don't have a whole lot of options if I want a happy household. However, that notwithstanding, it was a – I guess – the game itself at the very end was good. So it was good for the NFL. It was yet another playoff close finish. There were a lot of great narratives to run with after the game um, with, you know, it's Stafford, you know, his first title. You've got Aaron Donald being validated. Um, You've got, you know, locally John Wolford from Wake Forest gets a Super Bowl ring um, after, you know, he was a, a banker briefly uh, before yeah. coming into the league with the New York Jets, and he only played in one preseason game before going to the Rams. I mean, there was just a lot of stuff to go with, including the halftime show, which yeah. was fantastic. I understand uh, if you didn't get it or if you've never liked rap, it, it 
it's not for you. Um, that that halftime show was not yeah. for you. That is for their target demographic that they were trying to what tr- well, trying to get to. And here's, that, the, here's the thing, though, and I think maybe the NFL is starting to thankfully realize this. Like, they're never going to satisfy everybody with the halftime show. Not everybody likes country music. I damn sure didn't care about seeing the Rolling Stones at 80, 80 years old perform. Uh, nothing against watch the Rolling Stones music. Yeah, I just don't want to see them perform at 80 gotcha. years old. Um, and I, I, you're just never, I mean, Prince might have been the only one that satisfied most people. I was, <laughs> I mean, I am a gigantic Bruce Springsteen fan, and that will always be my favorite simply because. Springsteen was the halftime show, and my Steelers won the game. So that's my favorite. But was that? That's, that's 2009. But my favorite. No, that's not the one I was saying. Okay. But my favorite will be this year's because somebody had a point. I think it was our good friend Dimitri Ravano said that he, um, that, you know, Prince is only in the conversation because of how the, his set ended. Well, because it, was, it rained. Because it rained <laughs> and it was purple rain yeah, in the yeah. rain and it was great. But um, you know, it was good. But the only the only downside is is what does it feel like, especially for you, young man? How does it feel to finally be the old guy? Because you know when the Super Bowl starts targeting your demographic. <laughs> yeah. You are aging. I've seen a lot of people say that. Uh I feel like though they targeted it with the uh, with the weekend too though last year, uh, so I guess it, it's starting to go that way. Uh, I'm not sure what they were targeting with the weekend. I mean, they were using I don't know club goers. I don't know. I don't know. He did. He did a good job uh, censoring what was a lot of uh, sensitive material. Uh, <laughs> Every song he's ever written is about getting high on recreational drugs. So. Not so much anymore. Well, uh, now he's just relying on stealing Michael Jackson's act, but I digress. Well, how did you do? He does, how, he does sound like Mike a little bit. Yeah, a little bit. Can't dance, can't dance like him, but he does sound like him a little bit. No. no. <laughs> how did you do on your Super Bowl wagers, and what was the dumbest wager that you put in? What was the most ridiculous <laughs> thing that you bet on? Coin toss? No, I didn't bet, I, I didn't bet anything like too crazy. Uh, I had one halftime prop that was – Eminem to get censored at some point or them to use the dump button on Eminem. And his set was so short that I don't even think he got the chance to get censored. So uh, nobody got dumped as a matter of fact. Yeah. They didn't, they didn't didn't have to do that with anybody. So uh, those guys were on point with, uh, with that. So that was, I mean, that was, I guess maybe the dumbest bet that I had, Uh, you know, everything else, even the ones that I didn't win, I still felt like weren't bad calls. Uh, I think I ended up being, on the posted bets, I think I ended up being five and four. Um, I also had some other stuff that I bet that was like, like I bet uh, I bet Cooper Cup to win MVP, uh, like plus five hundred. So I hit on that, um, and I also bet the Rams to win between their winning margin to be between one and six, uh, and that was like plus. 300 or something like that. So nice. It came out pretty good, uh, especially when you factor those two things in. So uh, it came out pretty good overall. Do you know who didn't come out pretty good overall? Who? This this week? Who? Well, it, 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 to be fair, it, the week's not over. <laughs> yeah. You know where I'm going with this. I think so. 
what what's going on in Hubert Land? Ooh, ooh, he's got he's got national like members of the media now who are uh, calling for his job at this point, who are Carolina fans, which is it's still absurd to me. It, it but, is. <laughs> um, I, I think he could probably be pretty good eventually, but the recruiting thing we've discussed over and over again here. Yeah, they. I, I don't, and I don't understand. Like, I don't understand the issue with recruiting because, like, they have some of the best uniforms, if not the best uniforms, in college basketball. Uh, they, Jordan is your sponsor, and you get free Jordans all the time. Chapel Hill is a great college town. So it's beautiful. Like, so, like, what are they doing? They're, they're clearly doing something wrong on the recruiting trail. Oh, one of the things that I've heard is that, and I, ha- I find it hard to believe when when you're talking about branding, they say that the the Carolina brand isn't as cool as it once was. And I, 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 I mean, well, I think I'm the wrong guy to comment on that because I'm 50. But I do. Are the kids these days more? concerned about the the Kobe's and the LeBron James and not nearly as much about the Michael Jordans? Well, in terms of shoes, no, I don't think so. Um, I think the brand thing, I think, has a lot to do with how do they, how do, how do these guys get drafted? Like, how high do they get drafted once they go to these places? And how do those guys perform once they go to the NBA? Because there have been a lot of lottery picks out of Carolina lately. Uh, and there aren't a lot of like great Carolina players in the NBA anymore. That used to be their argument over Duke when the two programs were kind of even in the early 2000s, or even when Carolina was struggling in the early 2000s, that they were the better program because they had better NBA talent. Well, that argument has flipped drastically in the last 20 years. And I, I think that if we had to, to pick a place and a time where it all began to unravel, because I'm not placing this at, at, at Hubert's feet. Uh, this started with Roy. Yes. And, and Roy, it, it has been said by people within the program that no, they spent the most resources and time recruiting Seventh Woods. Yeah, out of South yeah. Carolina than yeah. any play, any other player, any other player. In fairness, Seven Woods was a top five prospect as a sophomore in high school, and he just never got better. But you got the, there, and he was uncoachable. Yeah, well, he also like he. I mean, he ended up being like I think he he was still top fifty, but he was like barely in the top fifty by the time his senior year came around. Now, here's what I will lay. At the, I'm not not necessarily at Hubert's feet, but um, the staff as a whole. This is a quote from Pittsburgh Post Gazette writer um, Craig Meyer, who's a really good dude. I met him a couple of years ago um, at the at the COVID ACC tournament. Um, he, he got a quote Wednesday night um, from, let's see, what's his name, Femi Odakali. Says, and he said. Uh, let's see. What did Meyer write? Guards R.J. Davis and Caleb Love, both of whom are shooting 42% from three this season, missed seven of their eight attempts from deep. And the quote from Odakali says, without them, nobody else really wants to make the big plays. That's Those right. are the two players who make the big plays and take the tough shots. We yep. know if we shut those two players down, yep. we can win this game. Yep. Ooh. He's right. And I – 
Armando Baycott can't throw himself the ball. Like that, yep. he doesn't he doesn't bring the ball up the floor. He might be their best player, but he's not their most important player. At Brady Manic, if that's how you pronounce his name, yeah. plays very hard. Yeah. But great against Duke. He was the only one. <laughs> um yeah, but I mean it, it is kind of on RJ Davis and Caleb Love. And again, this kind of goes to like the development thing. Like Caleb Love was supposed to be a lottery pick last year. He's not even a projected first-round pick this year. Like, he hasn't developed, and that that might not be entirely on Carolina's coaches. I think some of that certainly has to do with Caleb Love because he thinks he's something he's not. Um, Go ahead and say it. <laughs> he's not a savage. Like, okay. savage is bringing it every game, and Caleb Love doesn't do it. I don't care that he did it twice against Duke last season. That's all great. That wasn't enough to get him – to come out and get drafted high. And, and so, look, man, I realize <laughs> that fans in our, in our listening area have an opinion about Carolina, and the people who have spent their entire lives watching their team get beat up by Carolina are loving a season like this. But the truth is, is they've still won 20 games. They're 10 and 6, 10 and 5 in the ACC. They haven't beaten anybody. Nope. But – <laughs> have not just they haven't beaten anybody, but I, as as a lifelong resident of North Carolina, it's better when the heels are good. This type of thing is not good for the conference. Well, I agree. I, I agree one hundred percent with that. Um, you know, I miss <laughs> I miss when there was actually, and I get there's still still some discussion and shock sometimes about who's going to win the Duke Carolina game, but it's not the way it used to be. Uh, when you truly didn't know sometimes because the talent levels were pretty close. Uh, it's not that way anymore. And it really, I mean, you know, Carolina won both games last year. Duke had a tough year last year. Uh, but outside of that, like, Duke's just had more talent year in and year out. And, you know, you said, like you said, Carolina hadn't beat anybody. The three, their three best wins are Michigan, Virginia, and Virginia Tech. And they got to go to Blacksburg tomorrow. Well, and all, all three of those teams are currently vying for the NCAA tournament, but none of them are actually in the field as it stands right now, according to Joe Lenardi. Yeah, and if we want to talk about talent and not living up to potential and all that kind of stuff, uh, my first stop is going to be Charlottesville before I even get to Chapel Hill. Chapel Hill's just got the bigger <laughs> – is the bigger brand. Uh, Tony Bennett, how many years are we uh, removed from Tony's championship? Three now? Yes. Three seasons. Has he built on that with recruiting? No. He did get Trey Murphy. Um, and I think he I think he lost Trey Murphy sooner than he anticipated because Trey Murphy ended up being a top 20 pick. Yeah, that, uh, and, Trey that, Murphy, fair. and Trey Murphy developed pretty well when he was at Virginia. Um but, yeah, I mean, has he built on it? Not necessarily. However, Virginia's been playing better, and they could end up finding themselves in the NCAA tournament if things continue to to trend upward. You know, Wake Forest at this moment is technically behind UNC in the standings. The only difference between the two is the – quadrant wins that Wake yes. Forest have and that's yes. that's it and I you know I think there's a lot of Wake Forest fans that are assuming that Wake Forest is such a great feel-good turnaround story that they're going to make the NCAA tournament no, they still 
Wake Forest <laughs> got to win some games. I think they, they got to win. They might have to win three more games. I, yeah, at least I would say. Their um, showing against Duke was good this week. Yeah. Um. Uh, it was good to see how good that they can be. Uh, and yeah, they play like, they play Notre Dame this Saturday, and that's they, that's an opportunity. They got Notre Dame get, tomorrow. That's yeah, right. To get another quad one win. Uh, they got to go to Clemson, which, I mean, Clemson gave Carolina all they wanted last week and gave Duke and gave Duke trouble for 25, 30 minutes. Uh, they host Louisville. You would think that'd be a win. They host NC State. You would think that would be a win. But those are their final four regular season games. I mean, if they win out, they're probably probably safely in. Yeah, if they get the double bye in the ACC tournament, I think they're safely in. Yeah. I, I would think that that's probably a, a good benchmark on that. I, I don't think – I don't see how you could keep them out. Um, gosh, you mentioned NC State. We could probably do a, a two-hour franchise player special on on NC State. You want to talk about a team that ha- – a school that has absolutely no excuse Yeah, to be – decent i'm not saying good to be decent and competitive in in basketball and it's north carolina state they've got one of the best they got one of the best uh, women's programs in the country mm-hmm. but and but they they just i mean outside of getting ice cream after uh after home games <laughs> after home wins or whatever it is they haven't really done anything of note so i we're going to switch gears. When we come back on franchise players, Ryan, we're going to go from the college level to the prep level because I don't know if you heard this, but Tobacco Road Sports Radio has live coverage of tonight's Central Piedmont Conference championship game. So we're going to talk to one of the guys who has made his a couple of forays through this vicious conference in just a moment, Coach Adam Muse from Reagan High School. You'll join us in just a couple of minutes here on Franchise Players. Franchise players are often referred to as the face of the franchise. Welcome back into Franchise Players. Happy Friday once again. JP Mundy, Ryan Stone, Desmond Johnson producing. Of course, we're, jo- we're joined right now by a member of the first family of basketball in Winston-Salem. Like you've heard, have you heard, Ryan, of the, the six degrees of separation, six degrees of, Ke- of Kevin Bacon? Yeah. There's like three degrees. If you played high school basketball in Forsyth County, it's you don't even you won't get to five. You won't get to five (laughs) degrees. You will be connected with a coach by the last or a teammate with last name Muse. Am I right? That's probably true. (laughs) (laughs) Coach Adam Muse, fresh off of a regular season, a successful regular season with the Reagan Raiders. How are you doing, man? I'm doing great. Um, like you said, we finished off strong. Uh, we actually won our last five games of the regular season. I uh, got knocked off in the conference tournament uh, by Reynolds, but 
Um, it's been a great year for our program and a, a turning point for, for us uh, in the right direction. So it's, it's been fun. Did it uh, did it feel strange or was it uh, satisfying for you to uh, to finally beat your dad last week, especially <laughs> in that gym? Uh, it was uh, it was special for me. Um, but for, first of all, I'm proud of my kids. Um, we right before we beat them and um, and Reynolds, we we were in a four game losing streak and uh, they just put their heads down and and worked every day and. Um, really brought it in practice and started doing the things that it takes to win. And uh, that's what I'm most proud of. But like you said, it, it was a special moment for me. Um, one, my dad's over there, but also my granddad's on the bench over there. Um, and it's the gym that I grew up in. It's, it's the gym that I learned basketball in. And um, I got so many memories from that gym, just from going to my dad's games over the years. And, um, just seeing the fruition of all the work that we've put in here at Reagan uh, come to light has been awesome. And, um, you know, it's always good to, to have that. Uh, I beat you on the last game in, in the Muse household. So um, it, it's, uh, it's definitely fun to have that in your pocket. So That doesn't that get you kicked out? No, 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 not yet. So we're, we're pretty good about it. I mean, we, we sit and talk ball all the time uh, every night, so it's it's been good. <laughs> so, so you mentioned you know how hot your how hot your team got there towards the uh, towards the end of the season. I, so I guess you know as you're as you're I guess waiting at this point to see if you guys get in the state tournament. Mm-hmm. Uh, one, how do you how do you feel about your team's chances? And two, if you do get in. How do you feel about uh, your team's chances of making a run? Well, I, I think we have done enough to get in based off of our RPI. Um, the, the CPC is such a, a tough conference, and every night you're having to battle to get a win. Um, and, and fortunately, I think we did enough to get in. Um, now, making a run, uh, we're going to do our best to compete whoever we play, uh, whether it's a top-five team, top middle-of-the-pack team, um, we're going to find a way to, to be in the game and, and give ourselves a chance to win at the end. Um, and, and that's all we've been harping on uh, the last two days in practice is uh, just making sure that we compete and do the things that people don't want to do, boxing out, rebounding, defending, um, because that's ultimately what's, what gives you an opportunity to, to have a chance to win. You know, you mentioned it, Coach. We t- we constantly, especially Ryan and I, talk about the CPC being a vicious football conference. Mm-hmm. But after this basketball season, do we just need to drop that word football out entirely and just saying it's vicious anyway, just entirely? Oh, absolutely. I mean, um, from top to bottom, I mean, we, we – even Parkland, who, who didn't win that many games, took us to overtime and it was a uh, – four-point game at their place so uh, every night you got to bring your hard hat and expect to to go in there and and be ready for a war because I mean there's great players all around you got um at East you got Will Gray you got uh Zahari at Davey you got uh Finley Simmons at Tabor um at Reagan you got Jaleel Rogers uh, so on and so forth. Zion Dixon at, at Glenn. I mean, every night you're facing a, a really good team, plus some guys that can really put the ball in the hole. Yeah, you mentioned you, you mentioned your players, but the, the one guy 
that I liked watching I, when I watch it on NFHS when I have to ke- get to catch up with you guys is I like watching Noah Quarles. Oh yeah, because Noah hates to lose, and I've known Noah since he was a middle schooler. Right. Um, that kid hates to lose. He's a good athlete. You know, outstanding catcher, and boy, he doesn't like to lose, and he will just bother the mess out of his opponents in order to compete. And I guess as a coach, you'd love to have people like that in your starting lineup. Absolutely. I mean, his will to win is stronger than most kids that I've coached in my my short career. Um, And he just brings a fire and a fight that you got to have to get over the edge against teams like Tabor and – East and Glenn and all those teams uh, and Reynolds. Um, but it having a guy like him doesn't necessarily get you like points and stuff like that, but um, he brings that grit that you need to, to bring the team together and find a way to win because uh, it, it's like the, the first two years over here, most of our games have been within one or two possessions going into the last two minutes. And having guys like him uh, makes it easier to win those games because he's going to do whatever he can to, to, to win. Um, and he's going to bring guys along to do that as well. So we're going to jump into some, some rapid fire questions here now. Right. So the most competitive member of the Muse family is? <laughs> uh, that's a tough one. I, I'd have to say um, – Andrew's probably the most competitive. Really? My, my brother. Yep. He uh, he he hates to lose. He'll pitch a fit if he loses, um, which a lot of us will, but he'll go to the extreme. <laughs> now, wait a minute. No, now I, I see. I always get him. That, we we joke about we joke about this family, Ryan. I swear to goodness, I go to um we go to Appalachian State for a football game. Right? Yep. It's October. Me and my me and my next door neighbor, and I've I can't go anywhere without seeing a muse. But <laughs> well, thirteen of us went to app. So, wow! Now is, <laughs> is Andrew the is Andrew the one that's on the on in uniform, or yep. is he is he the manager? Or? Yeah, he's the one on the team. Okay, yeah. that's what I, yeah. I can't. I so I always get them mixed up. So, uh, all right, my turn. Your go to. Post game victory meal is oh definitely cookout. <laughs> it's, it's, uh, it, it's easy for me because uh, I usually don't leave the school till around ten forty five eleven uh, getting laundry done. So that's that's about the only thing open. <laughs> okay, so what's your that's also that's also an extremely North Carolina answer. So I mean that's oh, it is. That's right. <laughs> what, what, all right, what's your order? Uh, I definitely get the the big double burger. Uh, with a corn dog and fries and a sweet tea. Now, see, you throw the corn dog in there. That's a good call. See, that's, a, that's a very good call. I yeah. knew that he was going to throw the corn dog in there. Yeah, definitely. <laughs> All right, your turn, Ryan. True or false? We're not done seeing muses as basketball coaches. You said you're not done seeing. Not done yes. seeing. Meaning, oh, meaning there true. will be more. <laughs> that's true. That's true. Hey, Andrew's definitely going to get into coaching. Uh, I'm not sure what Aaron's going to do yet. Um, I know Andrew's trying to get into the collegiate uh, game right now, um, but he, he'll be somewhere coaching. I mean, it's it's just a family trade. <laughs> <laughs> it's it's an intimidating thing. I will say that. I will. I, well, I did. I was at Glenn 
a few weeks ago when Mount Tabor came in and your granddad came in first and sat down like catacornered from me. And then your dad came in and sat down and I'm just sitting there going, how many wins total <laughs> are sitting on the bench right in front of me? It's probably close to 1500. I would it, guess. It's ridiculous. And how many Frank Spencer's probably? Uh, it's between eight and 12, something like that. I know dad's got six. Um, so. And well, uncle Mike's got one. Mike's no, got he three. He's got three. He's got yep. one at East, but he's got, he had two at North. North. Yep. Yep. So. <laughs> Golly. It, oh, oh it, it, it's insane. Yeah. I, no before I get to before I get to my last question, I, I do have I, I, I've been interested in this question for a long time for you. Both your dad and your and your your uncle Mike mm -hmm. have a distinct um, tone. If they have to be firm, or if they're giving out directions or orders or that kind of thing, mm -hmm. that makes that can make a multitude of people act the same way at one time. Uh huh. For instance, when I was first started, on the very first day I was in this little media biz, I was at the East Forsyth football game, and I met your uncle for the first time, and he asked me if I was on Twitter. I said, yeah, I just started my account today. I don't have any followers. And he told the East Forsyth student section to go follow me, and I had, within two minutes, I had 150 followers. <laughs> Where does it come from, and, why, and, and do you have this trait? I, I mean, I don't know if I have the trait. Uh, I, I think the biggest thing is we're all relationship people. Um, and it comes down to just connecting with kids, connecting with parents, uh, people in the community, um, and just treating them right. And I think that's the, the biggest thing that our family does is um, we're going we're gonna to treat everybody equally and um, treat them with respect. And at the end of the day, I, I mean, I mean – we can't go anywhere in the United States and not say, hey, Coach Muse, you had me in high school. And they always make them feel like they were special when, when they were there, you know. Um, now, I don't, I don't know if I got that social media pool like he does, but um, he, he's, uh, he's definitely one of the most connected people I know. <laughs> uh, yeah, he's the mayor. Um, <laughs> okay, so this is going to be – this is your hard question. All right. Your grandfather. Mm-hmm. Your dad, your uncle, and you are all co-head coaches. Right. Who, draw, who on that staff draws up the final play of a championship game? Oh, that's me. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just missing. Uh, I, I, I think Big Tom would probably have it, to be honest with you. Um, I mean, he, he's, he's seen so much basketball and knows every aspect of the game and – is going to know what the other team's doing um, on defense. So I, I would say big time for sure. What are your thoughts on tonight's championship game? You've got, just like we all figured two weeks ago, it's Mount Tabor and Reynolds in the championship game. Mm -hmm. <laughs> yeah, it, it, it's going to be a heck of a game. Uh, I, I know Tabor bl blew them out the first two times, but um, Reynolds is they're, – they're on a mission right now. Um, I, I think uh, – Billy's done a great job of uh, getting those guys in right positions uh, to win. Um, but Tabor's also rolling as well. Um, I, I know him adding Tabo 
a few weeks back. It was a transition period of everybody getting used to each other again because um, that's just how it is when when you when you add or take somebody away from a team. So, right. uh, I mean, I I think it could go either way. Um, I know MJ at uh, Reynolds is playing really well right now. He he kicked our tail when he was over here uh, in the first round, um, and then uh, T- Tabor. They found ways to win in close games, so um, I think it'll be a toss-up either way. Well, it seems like it, it. It seems like to me that Reynolds, the few times that I've seen them, they've got a starting lineup that has it's They can do distinctly different things, right? So you've got your Cal, the Calhoun kid, who's a decent passer and a good shooter, mm-hmm. and then you've got MJ Ray, who you mentioned, who can slash to the bucket. Um, and and he's a good scorer. Goodness gracious! In the semifinals, he had himself a a, a, a big night. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, and that it's just two different team personalities, but they're both two well coached teams. Right. What What do you think is going to be the number one deciding factor tonight? Well, I think the biggest thing is who who's willing to get stops. Uh, any championship team is going to find way to defend and rebound. Um, to get their team over the hump because at the end of the day, the, the scoring is going to come and go based off of – I mean, you could look at every team in our conference. Um, some nights they'll score 70 points. The next night they'll score 50. Um, so it all comes down to who who's willing to defend and rebound um, to take the crown pretty much. As you guys are, you're still practicing, obviously, and preparing yep. for 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 the postseason. What do you do to keep your, like in a practice day like today, what do you do to keep your your kids uh, motivated? Well, I I think it's a little bit of um, toning up some of the things that we did wrong in the past uh, couple games, um, and just making sure that we're refining that, uh, like being in our gap on defense and boxing out. Um, but you also want to keep them engaged from a mental standpoint. And uh, the past couple of days, we've been uh, working on continuous four-on-four, four, just making it competitive, having to find a way to get a stop, knowing that you got to get a good shot every time to, to beat the other teams. So, um, and it, it's fun for the kids. Like the, the other night, we, we, I was finishing up practicing. They're like, Coach, we want to keep going. We're having fun. So um, just having that competitive mindset and going into it, trying to, to make sure that they're ready to go uh, with whoever we play uh, coming next Tuesday. Well, we appreciate you coming on today, Coach Muse. Good luck in the postseason. You've had a great season, got a great group of kids, and we hope to speak with you sometime down the line. I appreciate you guys having me. Uh, we appreciate all you do for high school sports. All right, when we come back, we'll have Ryan's best bets, or should we say stone cold locks, and we'll give out some Gatorade and Haterade when we come back on Franchise Players. Franchise players are often referred to as the face of the franchise. Yeah. Welcome back into Franchise Players on this Friday afternoon. Ryan Stone and my co-host, uh, JP Mundy. Also, uh, don't forget, 
high school basketball uh, CPC championship action coming your way tonight on Tobacco Road. SportsRadio.com will get underway at uh, at six. So make sure you tune in for that. It'll be the uh, the East Forsyth girls and the uh, the Reagan girls, or no, the R.J. Reynolds, oh, excuse me. And then careful. it'll be the R.J. Reynolds boys and the Mount Tabor boys squaring off in the championship game. But first, gotta get into the Stone Cold Locks for the uh, for the weekend for uh, for college basketball. Uh, gonna start out in the ACC as we usually do. Um, Notre Dame and Wake Forest is a game that uh, I'm interested in. Both teams uh, with NCAA tournament hopes. This win would do a lot for uh, for both teams in terms of their uh, their hopes of, uh, of making it into the NCAA tournament and trying to uh, to lock up a spot in uh, in the NCAA tournament. Uh, and this is actually, I believe, this is the first time these two teams have uh, have met this season. Uh, interestingly enough. Um, but I, I, I like Wake, especially at home. Uh, I would probably take Wake. I, I don't know what the line will end up being on this, but I'd probably take Wake up to uh, up to minus five in uh, in oh, this boy. spot. Um, I, I just think overall Wake's the uh, Wake's the better team. Uh, I don't know about maybe I don't know about the better coach team. I think it's a, a good coaching matchup with Bray and Forbes, uh, but I do think Wake is uh, ultimately the better and more talented team right now. The other one's a game we talked about earlier, uh, Carolina and Virginia Tech oh, uh, in Blacksburg. I, <laughs> my guess is that Carolina is going to be a two-and-a-half to three-point favorite, and I like Tech. I like, if Tech is getting points at home, uh, then I like them in this matchup. They've, uh, they've been playing a lot better of late. They were a team that, if you remember, going back to the preseason – a lot of people were high on Mike Young's a heck of a coach. I think, um, you know, if you look at a lot of Hubert's losses this season, it's been to the better, more experienced coach. And if you go back, you know, Virginia tech has not lost a game this month and they've won six in a row uh, and are coming off of a win over Virginia on, uh, on, on Monday. Uh, so I like the way tech's been playing. I like uh, if they're getting points at home, I like uh, Virginia Tech in that matchup. Uh, and then in the top 25, it's a very good Saturday, by the way, in terms of top 25 action. I think there's four top 25 matchups. Um, I'm going to go, though, to Texas Tech and Texas, uh, the Red Raiders on the road at Texas. Um, Texas Tech hammered this team last time uh, when they were at Texas Tech. Um and I think, you know, Chris Beard going back to Austin, um, my, my expectation is that Texas is probably going to be a very short favorite, even though I think Texas Tech's the better team. Um, and Texas has been so inconsistent this season that I can't bet on them. Uh, so I'm going <laughs> to go with the Red Raiders uh, getting points on the road in that, uh, in that matchup at Texas. And those – also another one I'll throw in – Staying in the Big Twelve, uh, I, Baylor, you know, gave up a pretty big, gave up a pretty decent sized lead to Texas Tech Wednesday night. They go back home to Waco on Saturday uh, to host TCU. I don't think Baylor will be a huge favorite in this game because TCU's been pretty solid. Uh, but I like Baylor up to probably about minus eight, eight and a half to bounce back and cover in uh, in that one. 
All right. I, it makes me nervous. Have you have you have you bet on Wake Forest wins this year? I think I don't think I've missed on Wake so far this season. All right. Okay. All right. All right. If that's the if that's the case, then please, for entertainment <laughs> purposes only, um, play that Wake pick. Um, I, I got to admit, partner, this week's Gatorade and Haterade showers um, have been a little vexing for me. But I think <laughs> I, I, I'll start off. I, I'm going to do it a little differently, but I'm going to start off giving out a, a Gatorade shower. Okay. I'm going to give it to Will to Will Jones, Coach Will Jones, and the North Carolina A&T Aggies. Okay. Uh, last Saturday, they went uh, – they had a – they had a game with the Longwood, uh, Longwood Lancers, who had not lost since December the 22nd and were 10-0 and in the conference. And, of course, leading the Northern Division. Uh, and it has been an uphill struggle at times for these Aggies. But they're, they're a talented team when everything is going well. And they went in and sealed the deal Saturday night. So I'm going to go with a Gatorade shower for Coach Jones for that win alone? Uh, my haterade shower. It's pretty easy if you watch the uh, parade for the Super Bowl champs. Los Angeles sports fans. Oh, boy. I love to hate them because, like, Los Angeles, if you're from the East Coast, like, Los Angeles is kind of the opposite of, like, what we're used to. You know, it's all sunny and palm trees, and there's hardly ever anything to worry about out there except maybe paying the damn rent because it's so expensive to live out there. Uh, but they had about 12 people on the street to watch their Super Bowl parade for their Super Bowl champions uh, this week. And, you know, I, I go back to a line from Steve Harvey <laughs> in The Kings of Comedy, which was filmed in Charlotte, North Carolina. Oh, no. He <laughs> – your football team had a pretty good season. They get like three claps from the crowd. He goes, "Well, damn! Y'all clap like you had the football. You just got the football team. Yeah, you clap like you had the team for thirty damn years." And that's how they treated the Rams when they. I mean, that thing was so poorly attended that they even had to call in San Diego Chargers fans. To help fill <laughs> Raiders fans. Raiders fans. 49ers fans. You know, UCLA fans. <laughs> it just uh, it just goes to show that like LA fans are a myth. <laughs> 17 pro sports teams or whatever it is that they've got. Yeah. One of them finally wins something that's not called the Lakers. And then and you get that. I mean I don't remember that the, the the Dodgers didn't even throw a party, right? Or they couldn't. That's right. They might not have been able to because of COVID, actually. Okay, so that's yeah. not fair. But you get my point. Yeah. I what the Dodgers the Dodgers parade would have been much better. I feel like, but that, again, they've been there forever. Whereas, like, they just got the Rams, and the Rams are <laughs> nobody attends. You're. I don't think in like good weather towns you can have a victory parade. I just don't think you can do it because I think you like in Chicago or in Boston. And I, I was gonna—I have experience with this, like, but a was, Miami just, parade? No, I just randomly was in Boston, uh, like right after I graduated college. Uh, we were go, me and like some friends were going to see the Red Sox play, 
and it happened to be during the Bruins parade. So we went to it. There were two million people in the streets of Boston for that parade. It was wild. I mean, there weren't even 2,200 people no. <laughs> in the street yesterday. And the last time the Rams won a championship of any sort, they were in St. Louis. Yeah. So, I mean, you want to talk they about could, not, they not could take, They could move that parade to St. Louis next week, JP, and there'd be more fans in the street in St. Louis for the Los Angeles Rams than there were in Los Angeles. What they should have done is had a celebration at the Staples Center. That would have been better, probably. Or at some, maybe not, maybe, maybe don't put a bunch of drunk people inside, crammed together inside an arena, but, you know, you know what I'm saying, just make, don't, don't make it a mobile parade, especially in a town that's notorious for not caring. Yeah, I, I just... The, their fans are a myth again. What? Wow, their fans <laughs> are a myth. He is at Ryan Stone Sports on I don't Twitter. Care. Bring on! I know you don't care. That's why I'm happy to bring that up. <laughs> uh, and, and if you and if you live on the East Coast and you root for Los Angeles sports teams, you're a weirdo. <laughs> That's, again, at Ryan Stone Sports. And you're a bandwagon fan because, no, you're not a Lakers fan just because you grew up a Lakers fan. You jumped on one of the bandwagons at one point. <laughs> Are you finished? I'm finished. All right. Uh, while we're at it, I'm at JP underscore Monday, but I'm most definitely not Ryan Stone. The Los Angeles uh, Lakers, who are the damn nine seed and just lost brittle Anthony Davis again. Oh, please. <laughs> <laughs> what do they call it? What is it? What does Barkley call him? Or Shaq calls him street clothes? Mm-hmm. <laughs> Make sure you guys follow at Tobacco Radio. We've got a bunch of great programming announcements for you. We are certainly not done with our programming. Six o'clock coming right up. It's Central Piedmont Conference Championships for the girls and the boys. Get yourself a quick meal from one of our sponsors. Go down to – if you're on Union Cross Road, go to Blue Naples. Go to One Stop and get some fried chicken. Go go somewhere, get something to eat, settle in, listen to some basketball. We've got it for you all night. And then we've got plenty of stuff in the next seven days to whet your local sports appetite here on Tobacco Road Sports Radio. That's about it for us. For Ryan Stones, I'm J.P. Mundy. Join us next week on the Franchise Players.